0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. It is a little late, and for that I apologize. It looks like I kind of got a schedule going where I get these out by every Sunday night. Um, But this week was difficult, lots of work to do. So I pushed it back. I hope you don't mind. We're in studio again and I'm going to take up another example of Osensei's thinking. Um, This one you should probably listen to in combination with the radio interview episode I did. I think they both support each other um this one however you, you you should take as with everything you're hearing uh with a grain of salt i'll I'll explain the position i'm coming from and why i chose this piece and what i actually did so there was an article in aikido journal i think this is now going back 10 or more years at least, maybe maybe much more than that. And the article there is titled, Kanagara no Jutsu. And I was reading the article, and I found the translation um, simplistic and of poor quality Because without having the original source material in front of me, I noticed that there were certain phrases that were more consistent with somebody who's trying to translate something without knowing the religious or cultural context. And instead was just using or appeared to be using a kanji dictionary or or a modern dictionary of some kind and was ending, ending up with phrases that were quite inconsistent with insights gained through the history of religions as an academic field and that were misleading in light of the particular discourse coming out of a motokyo that O-sensei was known to be exposed to. So I took that text and I said, well, I don't have the original source material, but as a scholar in the history of religions at that time, I knew how we would translate certain phrases and and certain words, and I thought I'd take a quick stab and stop my own research and um, give several hours to look into the new religion of Amotokio and see if I could come up with a better translation. So I titled this piece that I wrote, I think it it was written for Web at that time, or at least posted there. So you can find it there, my piece. um, The original is on Aikido Journal. And you can also find my piece on our website. And I titled it, A Re-Transliteration of O-Sensei's Kanagara no Jutsu and what i meant there with the word retranslation was that i was moving it from the discourse of a modern kanji dictionary to the discourse or the language of the history of religions a lot of people freaked out over that that word retransliteration But it's a play on words, of course, because I did not have the original source material. But I think you'll see um, that what came out in the end is very consistent with the thinking that we hear on Osensei's radio interview. Same kind of thinking. And I had hoped at that time to inspire anybody who was either doing the history of religions or was doing the history of Aikido, to come to O Sensei's thought through the new religions and hopefully to their involvement in the world religion movement of that time, such as, um, as was mentioned in the radio interview podcast, such as through Theosophy. And to move away from just using a kanji dictionary yeah. or asking in modern Japanese what this word means. Um, because there is a history and words change over time. And there's also multiple contexts so that one word means one thing in one context and an entirely different thing in another context. So that's where this piece is coming from. I put footnotes in this piece that explains a lot, and it does kind of interrupt the flow of things. Um, maybe I'll start, I'll start out by reading them, but maybe I'll just stop reading them and see if I can bring those points in. It's been a while since I've looked at this piece. so All right, here we go. So the the article, I titled it, The Art That is in Accordance with God. And that's the translation I would have given to the word or the phrase, Kanagara no Jutsu. And already at the title, we have a footnote. Let's see how this works with the footnotes. The original title of this work is listed as Kanagara no Jutsu. This is translated at Aikido Journal as The Art of Shinto. So obviously I hold that's a poor translation. I have opted to translate this differently because the phrase The Art of Shinto carries with it the following two meanings, neither which, in my opinion, is accurately representative of O-sensei's message here. The first meeting implies Shinto as an art, which suggests that O-sensei was talking more about Shinto and less about his martial art. The second meeting implies Shinto's art, which suggests that Shinto's art is O-sensei's martial art, but this would be like saying baseball is Christianity's sport. It would be an overstating of cultural influence and in the end a gross act of reductionism. Additionally, the word kanagara is often translated today as kami nature, or the nature of God or gods. It is in this sense that the phrase kanagara no michi, a phrase also used by Osensei, is often translated as in accordance with the will or nature of God or gods. For these reasons in my opinion the better translation would assume that Ossen says here talking about the art of Kanagara but having that not understood as Kanagara's art instead having it understood as the art that is of Kanagara thus when you translate Kanagara the title reads the art that is in accordance with god it would have equal, it could have equally have been translated as The art that is in accordance with the nature of God or the art that is in accordance with the will of God. But it's definitely not the art of Shinto. That's a very problematic translation. Continuing with the piece. This evening, I would like to give a simple talk in response to some requests made by you, the students. However, please remember the primary essence of the martial arts is not a thing that one can capture in full intellectually. Thus, daily I pray that every one of you, through your own practice, will someday master true martial arts, the real martial arts, Let me share with you what I have experienced, how I understand my art, my practice. Let's stop there. So, O-Sensei here in his logic, you can see if you break it down structurally, he does draw a distinction between true and false martial arts between real and not real martial arts. And he parallels that distinction between an art that is understood intellectually and an art that is understood at least in some way beyond the intellect. There is a historical precedent for that, of course. Uh, This goes way back to the underlying Confucian pedagogy that is the groundwork for Budo, wherein, in some way, the training is not aimed at an intellectual grasping. And in some way, an intellectual grasping can almost be thought of as an obstacle to mastery. At first, it doesn't make sense. And of, of course, in today's training modality, it hardly makes sense. But when your primary concern is, using modern terms, an unconscious competency or a flow state manifestation or Osensei's senseis term, takamu when you're looking for this ideal of spontaneity, of artistic spontaneity, when you go hunting for it, what you notice along the way is that your mind is one of the chief obstacles and in particular, your mind's tendency and just the way it's structured, your mind's need almost to think. And what you notice is that you were doing fine in your spontaneous application. Or manifestation of the art until your mind started that thinking. When spontaneity is your goal, training is quite different. When your goal is an intellectual understanding, or an accumulation of data, of information, of trivia, so to speak, you're going to train in an entirely different way. You're going to train how we see training happening now. You're going to see curriculum and lexicon and a prioritization of technical architectures. You're going to see techniques associated with rank. You're going to see tests organized around techniques. You're going to see seminars organized around techniques. You're going to see Dojo economics centered on techniques, information, things you can think about and accumulate and categorize, things you can divide. But when you're looking for spontaneity, the direction is the exact opposite. You're looking to get beyond technique to see the union and the cohesiveness between technique. You're looking for a body-mind communion. And O-sensei starts out this talk with that being one of his discursive assumptions. There's a great pointer there for us. What are we doing in our training? What is our end goal? Is it the end goal of the ancients? Art at the level of being or have we become wayward and satisfied with lesser things colored belts titles back to the peace. The art that I practice is the art that is in accordance with nature, which is itself grounded within the way of God, the way of heaven, God's will. By the word accordance, I mean that there are common principles and or structures between the art that I practice, nature, and God's will, etc. These principles are the numinous of all that is manifested. For example, These principles unite the sun and the moon and the entire universe, etc. Together then, these principles, through that which is manifested, teach us of nature, of God's will, and of what I consider to be the true martial arts. Let's stop there. So in in East Asian epistemology, there's something that I call concentric truth it's a concept what it what it holds is that if something is true it will be applied concentrically up and down the microcosmic macrocosmic spectrum and equally if it can be applied up and down said spectrum, it can be considered true. So, in O Sensei's perhaps unconscious acceptance of this epistemology, he just repeats it. There is a a one-to-one equivalency between his Aikido, his art, nature, and God. Back to the piece. This art of nature, I convey to you here, is manifested by means of the will of God in correspondence with underlying divine principles. So he's just going up and down that spectrum, which you can see in Omotokyo and in Theosophy. That is to say, as the ocean, the mountains, the sunset, the stars reveal through their very manifestation their relationship to the Newman, so too does this art of mind. Through spiritual awakening, one realizes the form or shape of the ultimate divine presence in the totality of his or her body-mind. In accordance then, one's physical practice becomes an extension of this awakening of this spiritual development, of this numinous, of nature, of God's will. we will stop there. I think it's a good place to understand the art from the point of view that O sensei probably, in all likelihood, understood his art not architecturally. That Aikido was not a set of techniques, for example, and was not even a manner in which to do those techniques but was rather a manifestation of a type of being that then went on to execute various types of Tactical architectures. I think, for example, when we look back at Aikido history and we we are mature and insightful enough to get past the myths, the false narratives that there was some sort of architectural break with Daito-ryu, we can still understand why O-sensei did talk about him doing something different. I think because his art, as he said, for him, is this kind of manifested, natural principle, universal principle, which means that there's a way of doing ikkyo that is in accordance with this divine principle, this natural principle, this universal principle with God's will. And then there's a way of doing ikyo without it. And it's not necessarily a matter of where and how you control the elbow. Or where and how and at what rate you step. But that instead... It pertains to a kind of being or a kind of self cultivated state, which is as much physical as it is emotional or psychological or spiritual. And so he can look at an art or someone doing ikkyo, and decide whether that person is in themselves in accordance with these principles, or whether they are out of sync with them. Meaning then, Aikido... is not technique but is an achieved state of being. By default, then, to identify the art by its architectures is already a departing from the founder. And maybe not just a strain, but a complete taking of an oppositional direction. I think this is why we can see elsewhere when O-sensei talks about the infinite amount of techniques possible. Because it's not about what you're doing or how you're doing them, but about who you are. And again you might want to go bullshit. But it's because we're not looking anymore for that spontaneous manifestation of the art. Because when you do, it's always going to be a matter of who you are that is more important than what you do or what you collect what dojo you belong to who your teacher is what's your rank as none of those things mean anything when you're operating at real life and at the speed of life no one asks you your rank no one asks for your lineage it's just who you are back to the peace through spiritual awakening one realizes the form or shape of the ultimate divine presence in the totality of his or her body mind in coordination then one's physical practice becomes an extension of this awakening of this spiritual development of this numinous of nature of god's will when one's practice occurs outside of these spiritual principles and realization, one's practice cannot help but to be incomplete, and one's understanding cannot help but to be superficial. Thus, it is seldom possible to discuss the real martial arts, the true purpose behind such a real practice. It is impossible to intellectually delineate this correspondence between martial technique and the larger universe before true insight has been gained. Stop there for a second. There's times when, like last night, we were working on Tsuwariwaza Kokyoho, and I watch my deshi practice and I can see that their being is out of sync with the technique. That prior to them pushing or pulling or contending for space or failing to yield or not harmonizing yin and yang energy, all all of the the hallmarks of correct Aikido Waza, that before that happens... You can see at the level of being an an unawakened state. They might be afraid. Their movements are fear-related. Or they might have a lust for power. And so their movements are manifesting from that. They might have a binary oppositional relationship to uke and their movements are born of that. And no matter how much you correct technically the position of their hand or their fingers or the movement of their arm that there's still micro traces of this unawakened state of being that prevent the body to move correctly And that's in Kihonwaza. Now if you do that in Jiwaza, all of those errors and so too the state of being from which they originate, they're all amplified. And if you put that in a sparring situation, or a self-defense situation, again, you'll see a further amplification of those errors. They will fail. The architecture will fail. Most of the time, our training... Hangs out in Kihonwaza, and only the trained and achieved eye can really see the effects these unenlightened states of being have on our movement. It's one reason why we always go to Jiwaza and we always increase the intensity. Because the unawakened deshi cannot see the errors and in fact the accomplishment in their mind of the Kihonwaza rep comes to reify the unawakened state via the delusion of success. So by increasing the intensity or taking it more to a live environment, you have enough magnification where that self-delusion is quite difficult to hold. And you do see. Your problem's not technical. Your problem's spiritual. I, this is what is talking about. We need to fix this deeper issue the issue of self. Back to the peace. However, together, we can and we should train toward this end, toward the great manifestation and mind-spirit of God through a realization of the single underlying principle of all beings and all creation. Through such a practice, Human beings can inherit this great tradition, this true martial art that has been passed down generation after generation from the mythical age until now. Thus we can make it ours at the level of the complete and or fulfilled individual. We can enshrine it in the totality of our being. Let's stop there. I mean this goes to the idea this is a buddha. This is about self. This is about being. This is not about mundane things. We can't enshrine it in the totality of our being. That corresponds to his sense of real, that's what a real martial art does. True, that's what a true martial art is. Back to the piece. To do this, we need only observe the interdependence that exists between what the ancients called heaven and earth, the sacred and the profane, the omote and the ura, the visible and the invisible, the yang and the yin, the inner and the outer, the surface and the depth, etc. That is to say, we look to find the divine in the mundane. We look to bring sacredness and purposefulness to all that we do we look to bring into our lives a real sense of the holy, of the spiritual, of depth, of ultimate ultimate meaning. In centering our existence upon such a perspective, our lives overall become a kind of conduit by which the divine principle and purpose becomes known to us and through us to others. In this way, as we practice our martial art together, making it a conduit or a mediator of the divine principle and purpose, our art leads to higher states of spiritual maturity. The martial arts do this as we, through our practice, come to fulfill the divine principles and purpose which themselves make up the true martial art. As you can see then, true martial arts cannot be fully captured by the mundane, spoken, or written word. Rather, if we have to theorize, understanding must come to us through the wisdom of the ages, through the teachings of the spiritual masters that have come before us. So, Obviously, O-sensei does not see himself as an eruption of, the, of genius. He's not a novel idea, nor is he proposing one. He, he does see himself as one more light in a trail of lights going back. And this is very consistent with Omoto-kyo and Theosophy. It was a return, a returning to ancient wisdom. In an earlier podcast, I spoke about how in many ways, To wrestle with O-sensei or to wrestle with Aikido, the art, is really to do a kind of archaeology. It's a kind of unbearing of things. Even at the level of the individual, it's about going past our surfaces And to not do so is to be superficial against which O-Sensei warns. Every day on the mat should be a matter of digging deeper and deeper into the self. To not just show up to not just go through the motions but to always uncover and to peel away and to drop off and to have no aspect of our practice operate without that back to the peace. For us to tap into this ancient wisdom, we take our initial step by, by keeping God in our heart-minds. From beginning to end, practitioners of the way must keep God in their thoughts and their actions. In this way, we will hone their martial skills according to nature and thus according to the divine principles and purpose. The ultimate reason of the true martial arts is to orient our lives according to these ultimate principles of existence. We do this via a sincere practice, via the cultivation and application of sincerity. Well, that's another way of talking about not training superficially. Through the way, through our practice, we come to gain the virtue of sincerity. Through the virtue of sincerity, we come to know the way, we come to develop our practice. The virtue of sincerity is both the entry to the way and a product of the way. Sincerity is what connects the outer form to the inner essence. The cultivation of sincerity is then the purpose or the reason why we train in the martial arts. Through martial arts training, we are trying to gain a distance from the superficiality of our lives, our relationships, our thoughts, our actions, our identity, etc., Through the cultivation of sincerity, through a capacity for sincere action, thought, and word, we can come to clearly observe the holiness that is all around us, that which is the true essence of everything and everyone. Being able to give witness to this holiness, in turn, allows us to have an even greater capacity for sincerity, which, in turn, brings us more clarity regarding this holiness, this cycle continues ad infinitum. This is what it means to practice the martial arts as a way. It means we are here to mature our spirit, to realize the ultimate divine principles and purpose. We are here to bring a particular kind of depth to our lives. For this we need the virtue of sincerity. Through our training we are trying to bridge a gap between the mundane world and the spiritual world, one by which we can rediscover our own personal connection to the divine. In this way, we ourselves, in our identity, in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts, become representative of the divine. Thus, we become a part of truth, beauty, and goodness, as do our actions, our words, and our thoughts. As a whole, then, The true martial arts is a practice of purification, one that works to purify our body-minds of the ignorance that denies this deep and most real unity. I think I'm just going to uh, read this without any commentary. It seems to make the point requiring no assistance by me. Understand, unification is about two different things becoming one. You must merge with the form and spirit of beauty, for example. There must be a coming together, so above, so below, so in heaven, so on earth, so eternally, so daily, so inside, so outside, so the sacred, so the mundane, so of the soul, so of the body, so of the heart, so of the mind, so of the attack, so of the defense, so of initiating, so of responding, so of object, so of subject, so of form, so of non-form. Though housed in tradition, the authentic core of Japanese martial arts resides in progress- progressiveness. Thus the art must adapt. The arts must adapt to their times, continually advancing. As in combat, to advance without hesitation is the safe course. To retreat is to be cut down. To stay still is to be cut down. The martial arts as a whole and your practice as a part must then advance according to these unifying principles where the accumulated result of our actions is goodness, truth, and beauty. Again, your martial arts must be in accordance with the rotation of the heavens and the earth. That is to say, your martial arts practice must be in accordance with all things seen and unseen. All things are related to each other. For example, the human body is related to the universe. The human body is a miniature universe, a small version of the cosmos. As such, when the human body acts contrary to the nature of the universe, it acts contrary to its own nature. You must train with this in mind. If you want to train in the martial arts, you must unify your spirit with the spirit of the universe in order to act in fulfillment of your nature, as opposed to acting contrary to your nature. Additionally, because the body follows the spirit, because the body and the spirit also exist via this kind of concentric unity. When you train the spirit, you train the body, making the body one with the universe. Today, there's a lot of talk about the Japanese spirit and the imperial way. I must say that I do not understand these terms in the same way that others might. For me, It is this unification of the spirit and the body that is the formation of the real yamato Damashi, and the ancient understanding of seeing the great oneness of things sacred and mundane, the uniting of spirit and body, the perfect fulfillment of our most real selves, is what the martial arts are all about. It is this type of fulfillment, which is not one of power or of material gain, that supports the real strength of any community any nation, even the world. When we realize this fulfillment through our training, we realize that the imperial ancestral teachings are correct in noting that we as human beings are descendant from the divine. Together then, this fulfillment and this realization awaken us to a martial art that is in accordance with both that unification of body and spirit, and that is consistent with our divine nature." Through all of these things, through our training thusly, the virtues of truth, goodness, and beauty will be expressed outwardly from us, spreading out to others, spreading all over the world. The true Japanese martial arts then can be understood to have the world as its concern. A true practice notes that the spirit and body are united to form what in ancient times was called Yamato damashi. The unification of the body and spirit produces a kind of emanating power, a force that spreads outwardly and proactively produces likeness, such that good produces good, truth produces truth, and beauty produces beauty. This is what we can see in the Motokyo scripture when we read, All over the world plum blossoms bloom. This means that one person with the correct practice, can spread the divine purpose to a mass of others, and so on, and so on, and so on. To be sure, things are not always easy. Sometimes the social collective has its own contrary forces at work, such as when it is experiencing famine, plague, and war. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, when we as a society face social disaster, such as when we are challenged by famine, plague, and war, we are to be inspired to see that there is a better way of living, of being. In a way, these challenges are here to inspire us to find this better way of being and of living together. The same is true of challenges that we must face at an individual level. They are here to help us reform our hearts so that we can collectively bring peace and goodness to the world through the virtue of love and the practice of sincerity. A true martial art is aimed at the truth of the universe. It is aimed at a greater scale of observation. One beyond mere technical detail. It will note that heaven and earth, all phenomena, the great universe itself, and the manifestations of God, both body and mind, To practice a true martial art, one seeks to fulfill this design by making his or her practice part of this body and mind of God. This is how we should understand the kanji character Bu. Bu is God. Bu is purification. Bu is love. Therefore, because such a Bu can spread from one person to another, Bu is about the rebuilding of a better earthly society, one in line with God's will one born of a purification of ourselves, one that spreads truth, goodness, and beauty through the virtue of love. The body-mind practice of Bu is about coming to learn the body-mind of God. Thus, Bu is about your life, about your soul. Budo is the mutual enshrinement of coming together of the appearance and workings of God with godly mind and love for all beings. When one understands that God is Bu and Bu is God, there is no distinction between the spiritual world and the material world. Thus, Thus, our martial arts practice is capable of transforming us in accordance to the ultimate truths of nature, of being, of the universe, etc. When we are able to take these two worlds, the world of the Spirit and the world that we live in on a daily basis and make them one, we will have become one with the mind and form of God. This is how Bu must be. Thus, a person that wants to practice true Buddha should, from the very beginning, seek to cultivate the virtues necessary for knowing God. That is to say, through training, he or she should seek to purify the body-mind of those elements that keep him or her ignorant to God's mind, to God's body, and God's will. When one does this, one is practicing the martial arts. Finally, in closing, let me say that we should not hesitate or move slowly in understanding our practice in this way. We should not move as slow as the flow of the ages. Rather, we must learn the will of God, then leap forward to take command and actively fashion the ages. It's all there. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit SensionCenter.com S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension 1 thank you for listening